and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Rizzo and I'm the host of the show where I get to have conversations with Olympic athletes, hopefuls, and legends on their story and path to the games. Today we have Hannah Roberts of USA Cycling BMX Freestyle. Hannah is an Olympic hopeful for the 2020 year and as you find out throughout the conversation, there's a very, very good chance she is going to the 2020 games. Um, Hannah has been riding in BMX since she was about nine, her cousin was in the sport and he really helped usher her, usher her into the sport and was able to then just let her flourish. Um, she is absolutely incredible. Number one overall in the entire world, um, just crushes it everywhere she goes. And it was so much fun getting to talk to Hannah about the sport, what it means to be in the Olympics, even though she is so young, really understanding the magnitude of the event, I think is really important and being able to help show the world, um, you know, what, what women in freestyle BMX are capable of doing, uh, which I think is amazing. So please enjoy this conversation with Hannah Roberts. All right. Today's special guest, Hannah Roberts of USA Cycling BMX Freestyle, Olympic hopeful, born August 10th, 2001 in South Bend, Indiana, started riding at the age of nine. Her cousin, Brett Banasiewicz. Ben Ah, Ben That was close. Uh, was a professional BMX rider, still in the game now, and we appreciate that. Her first competition in 2012 when she was like 11, I guess. 12, maybe? No. No, like 11. Um, Three-time world championship medalist, including golds in 2019 and 2017, and a bronze in 2018. She is currently number one overall in the World Cup rankings and is a 2020 hopeful for the Tokyo Games. Hannah? Thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Please, uh, the pleasure is mine. Um, I'm not going to be competing in the Olympics anytime soon. So it is, uh, it's, it's pretty cool I get this opportunity. So I really do appreciate it. I might be going to the Olympics. So if I'm there, I'll make sure to give you a shout out and say, hey, what's up? How's it going? Uh, and if I can, I'll watch a competition. But we'll, we'll get there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're, what, like 18 years old? Maybe. Yeah, it's after August. So, yeah, 18. Congratulations. You made it to the next part, I guess. Um, what, uh, I mean, I, how do, how do you get into BMX freestyle? Like it growing up in South Bend, Indiana, right. Or, or in that area, Michigan area, if I'm not mistaken, the internet says a couple different things. How do you get into specifically riding BMX? And I guess, what is it about BMX that really like drew you, um, to it? Um, well, I've always been into like sports in general. So I did like football and, and soccer and basketball and all those. Um, and, you know, it was fun, but the, the whole team aspect wasn't, like, something that I really was in love with, like, always having to rely on a team, um, you know. So I uh, I was watching X Games. My cousin was in X Games and, uh, and due to her and everything on TV. So I was watching that, and I kind of just fell in love with the way that it looked. You know, you could do whatever you want, but you still have the, you know, the camaraderie of amongst the other athletes. So, uh, yeah, that's what really kind of got me hooked. Um, and so I, I went to a few skate parks with with Brett growing up, and yeah, just learning, learning, and and the adrenaline from learning and everything that that was really like what I fell in love with, just like the feeling that you get from doing something new. So yeah, that's that's how I you know got into it, and you know riding with my friends and progressing at the level was why I stayed into it, um, why I stayed doing it, and uh, yeah, just thankful for that. I love it. I mean, I think it's super cool. Again, I mean, watching your cousin on TV, especially at like nine or 10, like that's got to be the coolest thing. I was like, not only do I know that person, like 
I, I see that person on Thanksgiving or, or Christmas. Like, it's just got to be so, so cool. So I guess like, did he just kind of take you, like, did you just go to him and you're like, Hey, like, this is something I'm interested in. Could you kind of show me around or like, what, what was that original conversation like? And how, how did he kind of take you under his wing? Um, so Brett was always out of town, you know, going to different events. There was, uh, all the events around the world. So he was gone a lot, but, um, you know, I, I talked to my dad about it and I was like, I think I want to try this. So my dad and my uncle got me my first bike. Um, and my uncle, once, once Brett was in town, I think one week we went to, uh, Muncie, Indiana or something. Mm-hmm. And, I watched uh, Parks and Rec. I know Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we went there, uh, with, I went with his dad or my uncle and and Brett and, uh, he kind of just, his, uh, his dad just kind of, you know, showed me what to do and, and Brett helped me, um, you know, go like learn things like learn new ramps and, and to be more confident. Um, so yeah, you know, having, having Brett there was definitely, was definitely cool. I could, I could go to him whenever I really needed help, you know, growing up. Um, so yeah, it was was pretty, he he helped a lot with uh, me becoming where I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is just super cool. So, I mean, this is about 2010. So that's when I graduated high school. Thanks. And then 2012. So a couple years later, you're in your first competition. Um, I mean, what's that? What's like, what is a competition for a 11 year old BMX rider? Like, what do those look like? Like how intensely as a judge, were you up and in, in competing against the 16 year olds? Like what, what was that first competition like? Um, so I was really, I was really nervous. I actually, this, like a few months, I think it was in November. So like five months before that I broke my back. Ooh. Um, and I was, I was out, um, for a while and I, uh, we went, my dad and I went down to, uh, Greenville, North Carolina for, for the contest and just to kind of hang out with some of the pros that we knew were down there. So, um, yeah, I was super nervous just because it was like my first contest back or my first contest in general after an injury like that and I was still pretty um scared to ride but I I was in the beginner class so it was like I think there was a few 16 or 18 year olds in my class but um yeah it was just like having fun and and uh I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I took the win on that contest um so it was like a big motivational thing for me yeah, historically you took the win. Let's just leave it. You didn't think you definitely did. Um, either way, so so eleven year old Hannah breaks her back, and then you jump right back on the horse. Like I wouldn't be able to do that, but I'm kind of a wimp, and that's why I do this and you do that. But like, what? How to? What was that like? I mean, like being being able to kind of. I mean, again, like this was only a few years ago now. Like I wouldn't be able to do it now I wouldn't have been able to do it then like what what is it that you were just like no it's cool like let me just you know do this thing again that I got really hurt doing and especially because like an 11 year old it's really easy for 11 year old to be like you know actually I'm gonna get slow play this one a little bit like that's crazy to me um I well I I fell I fell like six feet I I landed on my face so I messed up my jaw pretty bad as well but uh, my bike just kind of hit me hit me square in the back, uh, right on the spine, um, by my neck. And it ended up breaking two of my vertebrae and, you know, in the hospital with my, I was in the hospital with my parents, obviously. And I told my dad, I was like, I don't, I don't really know if I want to, if I want to ride again. And obviously they were understanding. I think my mom wanted me to not ride again, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't, I don't really know. Um, and we were in the hospital for another day or so, um, after that, but, uh, the next day, I got a call from 
uh, you know, Scotty Kramer and Brett and, you know, all the pros that were that were at X Games at the time. And uh, they all just wished me well. And then I, I told my dad, I'm like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to get back on the bike. Like, this isn't this isn't going to stop me. And he's like, OK. And, you know, my parents were very supportive at the point. And obviously they were worried and I was worried. But uh, just just to see, like, all the athletes come together and wish somebody, especially because I was so young, um, just wish somebody like me, uh, you know, well and, and hope that I was getting better. and everything I was like that that kept me in the sport for sure I love it yeah I mean that that's a very easy like you know what actually uh this was fun maybe we don't have to compete in it but clearly uh I mean so far you made the right decision again number one currently overall in the entire world is pretty cool so thankfully you did thankful to Brett thankful to Scotty and all the other athletes that reached out I was like hey now just keep going um so one thing I do want to ask about is in, in the information you just told me especially uh, about Brett your cousin um, he did have a, a pretty bad injury. Um, I mean, I, I assume it was after, well after the the one that you suffered. Um, you know, what what would you like to tell us about that a little bit, and kind of just uh, just touch upon that topic for a second? Um, he was he had just one due tour. Uh, it was actually two months after I broke my back. Um, he was just oh at goodness. Yeah, it was, it was pretty it's pretty hectic for our families, but um, he just won due tour. Uh, one of his biggest wins of his career, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, he was riding, uh, for, an, or practicing for another contest in Virginia and just miscalculated the wind and the ramps and, and, um, obviously took a pretty hard fall. He was in a coma for a little over two weeks, I'm pretty sure. And, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty tough on, on all of us. And I, uh, obviously that puts a lot of fear on anybody who's riding just because, you know, it's, a, it's always a possibility that that could happen. But, um, yeah, he, he came back from, or he did all of his rehab. He came back pretty strong. And, and uh, even though he doesn't, like, ride professionally anymore, he, he keeps in the sport. He helps the locals uh, back in South Bend. And, yeah, he just keeps a positive vibe going. So. That's awesome. Yeah, good for him. Thankfully, I mean, it's better to be in that situation than the other situation, right? Um, you know, so it's cool that he's still here. It's great that he still gets the opportunity to, to hang out in the sport that he loves so much. I think that's so important. Um, so, you know, ha happy to hear that. And yeah, that must have been an insane amount of time for your family. Like, Jesus. Because um, I assume so two months after you had your injury, you're still then in a neck brace and still rehabbing and doing all that stuff. So I'm sure, I'm sure you then, uh, you know, got the opportunity to get him on the phone and say, Hey man, no, you, you just helped me a couple months ago. Now it's, now it's my turn. I get to pay it back. So I think that's, uh, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, so, so happy to hear he's doing all right back at it and getting good. So, um, so we'll go from that first competition in 2012, obviously coming right back from injury winning is what we're going to roll with here, um, on the podcast. Um, and now, literally, you know, in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, was your first world championship. So five years later, after that competition, you're now like one of the three best athletes in the world at something. Um, that's crazy. Let me just say that. Like, I'm oh, like, not in a bad way, but like, like, that's nuts that you can go from learning how to do this at nine to then a couple years later, literally being one of the three best in the world at something. What do you attribute? Well, no, not, not, not that first. Uh, how different was that first competition to the world championships now that you're going to, you know, literally some of the greatest athletes on planet Earth at competing to all, you know, try and take home the gold? Um, well, you know, first off, I must say 2017 was, was one of the craziest years of my entire career. I started traveling a lot more. I went to 
so many different countries and and um you know i seen all the other girls ride i seen the way that they were riding so um going into the first world championships is right after um the olympic announcement so i was pretty excited and and obviously i was still i think i just turned i was 16 or something 16 in a few months and uh yeah i was just pretty pretty excited and um i wasn't really thinking about much i was just having a good time on my bike and i i you know, it was happy that I put a solid run together, solid two runs. I think back back then it was two runs, and yeah, I just uh, took that win, and and it was really cool. I mean, um, I was pretty <laughs> immature about what it meant to actually be a world champion. I, I I was just like, oh yeah, you know, I won another contest, and then <laughs> a few months later it actually sunk in. I was like, wow, but um, yeah, it was just it was really it was a really awesome feeling, you know, um, going from the first contest, obviously, it wasn't like I was just, you know, a little kid, and I didn't really have very many, uh, very much experience, or uh, you know, I was, I was friends with the pros, but I wasn't really like talking to much of them. You know, I was kind of scared. But uh, going into World Championships in 2017, I was talking to everybody. I was trying to get like advice. Everybody's giving me advice, and it was super, it was super cool. But uh, yeah, just like so much more organized, and you have to be on point, And there's a lot more pressure that comes with it now, but I, I want to take it back. It's, it's awesome. That is so cool. And yeah, actually you bring up a good point. Like with the Olympic announcement, did you even like understand really what that meant for the sport or, or even for you as an athlete at that time? Cause again, you're super young, like 15, 16 years old. Like it's still probably hard to grasp now what it means that you're about a year away. So like when that happened, like, was it like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Okay. That's fun. Or, or did you like, how, how long did it really take to understand like, wait a second, like our sport is going to be potentially, potentially watched by like 3 billion people around the world. Um, so it was, it was announced for the first time in like May or early June of 2017. And I was, I think I was in class. I was like a sophomore in high school. So I was in class and I seen it on Instagram. Um, you know, when I had free time and, uh, I was like, yeah, oh, no, thanks. definitely, definitely not during class or anything. Yeah. No, no, no. Nice. Let's slip that one in there just in case anyone's watching. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm pretty, I think I, we were, we were, uh, you know, just chilling. I seen it and I was like, Oh dang, that's, that's cool. So I screenshotted it and I sent it to my mom and my dad. And I was like, um, I was like, I don't, I don't think I could get into 2020, but maybe 2024. I think I was like, that's a pretty good goal. And my dad was like, Oh, uh, you know, if you if you just work hard and and you know set your mind to it, you can make it in in twenty twenty. And I was like, at that point, I was just like, ah, you, you're playing. Like, you know, the level the level was growing uh, amongst the girls, and I was, you know, I was kind of chilling. I I'd won a few events, but I wasn't like close to where where I am now. So I was like, ah, you know, it's that's a funny joke. But um, yeah, I didn't. I I knew that it was going to do good for our sport. I knew that uh, the more attention, um there would be the more people and the more uh, opportunities that we'd get so I was pretty excited for that but uh for me I didn't think it was possible for me to make it into 2020 and it was definitely not something that I had planned um you know planned on I'd never I didn't plan on going to the Olympics until uh didn't really feel real until I think last year as or the beginning of this year even like last year I had a rough season um uh I think it was my worst season so after that, I was pretty devastated, but I came into 2019 with a new mindset, and, like, I want to go to 2020, and, and that's what I put my mind to, and I had one of the best seasons of my life this year, so, um, yeah, it was, it was really, 
2019 where it really set into play that the Olympics are possible and I just have to, you know, reach for them. That's, that's super cool, man. I, I love it. Like, it's just so interesting. Um, you know, I mean, what, you've, you've been around for like four summer games at this point, and I'm sure the first two you really didn't remember. So it's like, it's really cool that now you have the opportunity to go represent um, the country on like literally the biggest stage every four years. Again, three billion people. So uh, get ready, Hannah. We're all going to be rude. <laughs> Not to scare you too much, no. Um, so going from that, like, so USA, so you're on Team USA, USA Cycling, like when, you know, tip i appreciate it what um like what does it mean to you to have that opportunity to potentially go to the olympics potentially to represent your country as i said on the biggest sports stage um and and really be able to affect lives the reason why i do this is because i love stories and i think upper middle class kid from the suburbs my story doesn't really connect with people too much but everyone can connect with an athlete so i mean you're going to be put up on a stage and and you're going to be put up on a pedestal for the best possible reason because you're incredible at what you do um how excited does that make you knowing like you're going to be you know opening ceremonies potentially you know like doing all that amazing things that you know people like myself can wish and maybe watch on tv but like you get to live it i mean that's just so freaking cool i love it um you know, USA Cycling has been, been a huge help uh, part of this journey. Um, you know, uh, they, I was put on the national team in 2018 and 2019 and going into 2020 as well. Um, and just the support that they give or have given and, and continue to give every day is like, it's unmatched. And, and to be able to represent United States at, at such a big, um, you know, competition and at such a high level of, you know, you just, it's it's truly an honor. I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love America. I love I love the United States, and and to have it on my chest uh, while I'm competing at the Olympics, that'd be, you know, the biggest honor. So I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't thank USA Cycling enough for helping me be a part of this journey. You know, they've they've given so much to the athletes and and everything. So, yeah. And what is it? So obviously with, with BMX recently, as you said, in 2017, they were announced the Olympics, like recently really being integrated into USA cycling, where in the past it's been a lot of mountain biking, road biking, you know, Velodome, whatever the heck the, the circle is. How, have there been any like clashes of um, personalities or like weird things that maybe you guys didn't really think about, especially in like the BMX realm that now you kind of have to deal with a lot of political BS and like some of this other junk or has it really kind of been nice and easy for you? Um, there's definitely like sometimes where, uh, you know, it's not really clashing. It's just like our, our sport before the Olympic announcement, you know, we kind of do whatever we want, just hang out and just kind of chill. It's always been like such a, a, such a sick vibe and it's, it's obviously still there, but, um, there's definitely more like scheduling mm-hmm. more like structure kind of, yeah. Yeah, 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 structure is, is huge for that. So, um. That's definitely, I think that's the only clash, you know, USA Cycling, my, my coach uh, specifically has, has done a phenomenal job at like just trying to get to know us as people and, and, you know, make it so we're not only competing at a level that we need to compete at to do well at events like, um, you know, international events, but also that we're happy in that, that we're, we're not like wanting to change anything. Like he's, he's been super helpful through the process. So there's not really much clashing and it's, it's all like a learning experience because they've, they've never messed with BMX freestyle. So everything for them, like how, how we ride, how we practice um, is, is definitely new for them. You know, we don't, we don't, 
go to the gym for eight hours and then go ride for you know an hour we we do it opposite you know I, I ride four or five hours a day and then go to the gym for an hour and just kind of we're like backwards athletes so <laughs> yeah they're 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 understanding it and and it definitely shows because you know they again they're just such a great support system yeah, it's super cool. And especially because your sport is so different, right? Like, I mean, obviously endurance is needed because you have to pedal and go fast at certain points, right? But, you know, I've spoken with um, some mountain bikers. I've spoken with some athletes that have, have done like the road races. And it's obviously very, very different. I mean, you're, you're based on tricks and they're based on who wins the race. Uh, so I can understand how it's a little bit more backwards, um, which is really interesting. And that's super cool. And, and again, glad, happy to have you, uh, you know, represent us. I think that's super interesting and not only represent us, but, you know, only be like the best in the world at something like uh, you're smiling. Stop it. Now I'm smiling. <laughs> stop it. But like, I just think that's so cool. Like, I mean, if I could be top like 1 million at something in the world, I would be super happy about it. I don't, I don't know if this podcast is top 1 million it might be i'm not totally sure we hopefully we can get there um but like i just think it is so so cool like you have the opportunity to be the best in the world at something and not only the opportunity you've done it so first congrats second how do you become so in in two senses of this question one how do you become the best in the world a like from a training and from a a nutrition and an understanding the sport um side but then also like how do you like who declares you number one and how do you become the number one overall in rankings or whatever? You can answer either question uh, you'd like, but you're um, going to answer both, but like whichever one first. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. Um, well, thank you. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I just have fun riding, you know, um, I always, I always tell myself in the morning, I'm like, you know, if, if it's not fun, then, you know, don't do it. So if I'm having a bad day, then maybe I won't ride. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have fun and, and I ride now, um, after I moved to North Carolina, I've been riding with some of the best professional BMX riders in the world, uh, men and women, you know, we've had girls from all over the United States and, and all over the world really come and, and it just makes it so much better to have, you know, people to hang out with and just to progress with. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just keep it fun and, and, you know, if, if it's, if it's not fun, it's not really worth it to me. So I just, you know, remember that. And if I'm, if I'm struggling with a trick, then I'll just kind of move away from it for a little while and come back to it when, when I'm more like level headed and, you know, and even, even like nutrition wise, I wasn't really big on like doing any of the nutrition stuff. Um, <laughs> doing <laughs> that nutrition stuff. Perfect. Perfect way to explain that, Hannah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I wasn't really big on like watching what I, what, what I was eating um, last year and I wasn't big on going to the gym last year and it, I, I definitely could see it in my riding. Um, you know, my riding started to kind of go down my, my health, you know, it was easier for me to get hurt, get sick. So Moving into 2016, I, I legit texted my coach from USA Cycling, and I was like, "Hey, uh, I need I need a nutritionist, I need a sports psychologist, and I need a, a strength and conditioning coach." Got them all for me, and uh, I've been working with every single one of them. And now I love the gym. Um, I love I love eating you know vegetables, which is super weird because I've always hated them as a kid, um, but <laughs> they make up my plate now. So um, yeah, it's it was definitely like changing the whole mindset of where where to go and what to do and obviously um 
I watch I watch all the contests back like after they're done, no matter where I get, like if I get last or if I win, I watch the contest and I just kinda of see the level of riding, you know, and it's it's progressing, so I, I just watch it and uh, I see where the other girls are at and I see myself and I can critique myself and I'm like, Okay, I need to change this and then I go I just go to the park and I work on what I what I think I need to change and then I do it after every event. So um, this year, it's definitely helped. It's definitely put me uh, ahead in that aspect, just being able to critique myself and tell myself where I messed up. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of that's kind of how I've I've became one of the best in the world. Um, and uh, yeah, but uh, we appreciate you being humble. Um, yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, that that one thing that's uh, you know, obviously being young, it's it's different. But you know, not really worrying about what you eat. I mean, I'm like ten years older, and I just kind of if you just like barely pay attention, it's like, should I eat out tonight? Well, no, I ate out twice this week already. Okay, then I should probably just eat a piece of chicken. Like, if you do that, like, I feel like most people on planet Earth would be better off. But too many of us are just like, but Popeyes. Their chicken sandwich. No, but um, so like it's really easy. So I can totally understand. Obviously, you're an elite athlete, and and I'm a dude that sits behind a microphone at a desk most of the time. So it's a little different. Um, but but in terms of sports psychology, uh, obviously, I think that is huge. I pay attention to mental performance all the time. I actually interviewed a gentleman. I think the last podcast that came out since this since we're recording right now was with a mental performance coach who works with Olympians, and I think it's it's so important for athletes, but I think it's very important for just like regular people to make sure like your mental game, like what you think is what happens, whether you like it or not. If you continuously think negative thoughts, negative things are going to happen. So understanding how you do that and without getting too deep into it, what, what are the types of things that you work with um, on that side with, with the, the sports psychologist that you have seen in yourself, either outside of sports or, and or within sports that's really started to lift you up a little bit more. Um, you know, we work, uh, I've, I've worked a lot on like how to handle pressure and how to, you know, get out of situations that don't make me necessarily like happy or comfortable. Like if, if there's too much, uh, you know, there's some events where it's like all, everybody wants a photo or everybody wants this and you don't really have time to get ready, mentally ready for the contest. Um, I've, I've learned, you know, to, to get out of those situations as easy and as fast as possible, but also just to have fun when I'm traveling. Um, like I said, uh, 2018 was probably my worst year for competing just uh, results wise and, and health wise and everything. So um, <clears throat> a lot of the reason was because when I was, when I was on the trips, I wasn't having fun um, as much. And, and I was really just thinking too much about, about the contest. And um, since talking to a sports psychologist, you know, it's been, it's been easier to find, you know, fun things to do or, or people to hang out with. So now I, now I, you know, I go out and I hang out with, um, you know, girls from other countries and we kind of just talk about not just BMX, but just like life in general. And it's, it's cool to get to know people like that when, when I wasn't really putting myself out there. Um, so that's just kind of helped me get out of my bubble a little bit and to be more comfortable in situations like that. But also, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm home and trying to get like a set routine and, and figuring out, what would work best for me rather than what would work best for other people. So it's been more about like focusing on what I need as an athlete rather than, and a person um, rather than, you know, doing things to make other people happy. So that's, that's been super helpful. So. 
you learned it really quick. Um, only 18 years. Most people, it takes them a really long time to learn that. So congrats. Uh, keep rolling with that. I appreciate it. Um, that is awesome. Yeah, so congratulations on that, obviously. Uh, understanding. I'm, I'm a huge mental performance person. I'm not perfect. I'm not great yet. Um, but every day, all you have to do is try and get better, and uh, you'll get better. That's just kind of how it works, right? Um, and then the other side of the question that I asked a few minutes ago, um, and I'm sorry, I'm not the best at asking questions. I just ask a bunch at once, and hopefully we figure it out. But um, with so so with the as you said like being one of the best in the world like how do you get how do you actually obtain that number one overall ranking like is it is it a point system is it like how exactly does that work and i guess how did you get there um so sorry <clears throat> sorry um so our our points are usually we have a now, now we have a UCI ranking, which UCI is uh, the the cycling international okay. you know, um, body uh, that that takes care of all the cycling sports, um, whether it's like road or race or freestyle. So they um, they have a point system, and and it goes off of you know uh, World Cups, which are all the fee stops that we have, um, World Championships. Um, our C1s, our nationals, our continental championships, all that stuff. So it's basically just how well you do over the year. Um, luckily this year I've, I've won almost every event that I went to, so it put me in first in the ranking. Um, so, yeah, it was just it's just like, you know, how well you do, how well you finish. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. Every, every contest has a different – has a different amount of points. And, World championships are obviously the the highest points, and and then it just works its way down as as you go. So um, yeah, I won I won the nationals, the continentals, all the world series this year, and uh, world championships. Um, so I luckily I took took the spot of the number one. Yeah, I wouldn't call it luckily. Uh, obviously, you worked really, really hard to get there. So I, I'm not a. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in coincidences. So uh, you clearly did what you had to do to get there. Congratulations on humbly telling us all those things that you just won. Um, so for 2020, uh, obviously you're in a probably a very good position. But how does qualifying for the 2020 games work specifically? Obviously in uh, BMX. Um, so for our sport, there's there's nine spots for nine men, nine women. Um, Japan automatically gets a spot, and then uh, the next, or, so the number one country that's sitting in points. So for women, it's USA, and for men, it's either Australia or USA. I'm not really sure who it is right now um, after Worlds, but uh, the number one country gets to send two athletes, and then uh, second through fifth uh in country rankings get to send an athlete each and then two of the other or the other two uh spots go to um two of the countries that had the highest points for worlds um so it's a qualification period it started last november um last world championships in november and then it goes until may 11th of 2020 um and it's just like obviously all the events that you go to um you get points for like going off the UCI points. So um, it's just like the country that has the highest points, you know, or the country it's like, it's basically where your country sits. So your country gets to decide who, who goes. Um, and it's different for everybody. Um, so at the moment USA is sitting in first 
Uh, so we get to send two athletes right now. And, uh, yeah, it's, for, for USA, it's, it's really nice because they, um, every World Series and, and World Championships, we, have, we get points for, like, winning them. So, like, Which uh, you have done, by the way, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just want to so, make sure. So, like, depending on your ranking or ranking there, you get, like, US, like USA-ranked points. So, um, and also winning the nationals and, and continentals as well um, helps. But I, I think I think I'm in first for that. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. They haven't exactly told us <laughs> what's up. But um, yeah, they that's that's sad. I mean, it, it just mm-hmm. depends on how well you do. So um, it's for for USA. It's not biased. We we they strictly go on results. So that's pretty okay. cool. And and. Yeah. yeah, that was that was going to be my question because I know in certain sports it's kind of uh, ambiguous and they can kind of pick and choose. Um, so I, I prefer it by results because that's the only thing that matters when we're trying to win. I mean, you want to, you want the people that are going to win. So um, that's awesome, Hannah. Well, congratulations um, on everything. Obviously, you know, good health, and it sounds like you're going to be there. So you know, cross our fingers, knock on wood, and and we're excited. I get to watch on TV um, in what less than 250 days now, I think, which is pretty darn cool. So May 11th is when my mom's birthday, by the way, you have some very interesting, (laughs) all these dates are very, they line up a lot. So this was not by mistake. Um, But um, so May 11th is when you find out officially, but is there like a time frame when you kind of, if like we're just blowing everyone out of the water in points, or is it pretty much just nose to the grindstone May 11th, you find out nose to the grindstone again, so you can go win the Olympics. Um. Luckily, uh, or not luckily, my teammate uh, Paris and I have worked really hard. We both had amazing seasons. Uh, either uh, I think she finished in almost second at every event, um, and I, I uh, took the win at every event. So we're sitting about four thousand points ahead of Germany. Um, so it is it is very likely that USA will get to send two athletes. Um, you know, unless we have just really really bad you know times next year but uh yeah we're we're pretty far ahead and and i'm pretty pretty stoked that uh hopefully we'll be the country that sends too i like the sound of that and just just so i could do a little bit of math how um how many like how many firsts and seconds does a nut does germany need to get like how many is four thousand points like how how many first places and second places is is necessary to kind of close that gap um so <laughs> Let's see. For for to catch up for four thousand, uh, Paris and I would have to sit out every event going into next year. Um, and Germany w- would have to take first and second at both World Cups that are coming up, uh, beginning of twenty twenty, and then ride four. Uh, we call them C one events, and they're just like little events where you get like two or 200 points if you win. So they'd have to take home five wins of that and first and second for um, the world cups to, uh, to catch up. Okay. So don't sit out and I think we'll be good. So awesome. Happy to hear it. Happy to hear it. Well, congratulations on all that. Um, not quite an Olympian yet, but uh, I have I have some good feelings. Um, and then the last question I just have for you, I mean, I understand, obviously, you're, you're 18. You're going to be in this sport for a very long time. We're excited to watch you, not in 2020, not just in 2024, but 2028 is in L.A. Um, and, I mean, honestly, you'll, you'll, you'll be like 
26 at that point or whatever. Like that's not even that old. So uh, if, um, unless my math is terrible, but um, so you'll probably be in like at least the next three or four, which is going to be awesome. But I always like to ask athletes, like what is your post-career career? Obviously competition is only going to be around for so long considering biology and kind of just how that stuff and physics, how that works. So like, do you, have you ever like put any thought into like, okay, well when I'm done competing, I can't wait to do X. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually talking to, to one of my friends about it uh, a few days ago. Um, after the Olympics, I, I want to start uh, college. I want to go into sports management after 2020 and, uh, just kind of get a degree in that just so you know I have something to fall back on if contests you know come to an end really suddenly um and after the Olympics I, I mean obviously I want to have a family and, and you know move somewhere nice in, in the states but uh I haven't really put too much thought into where mm-hmm. or when or whatever um but I want to I definitely want to stay in the sport um you know our coach right now for the national team is is Ryan Nyquist and and I kind of want to be be in his shoes one day and, and be the coach for uh, USA, the, you know, the team. And I think I'd make a, a pretty good coach. So hopefully after I uh, hang up and hang up the, the competition gear, I'll, I'll put on the coach hat and, and step in his shoes. Rock with it. I love that. That's awesome. I mean, of course, no, you're not going to leave the sport. You've been doing this too long and you love it too much, obviously. Um, but I'm always just curious. So do you have any opportunity, like, have you looked into any colleges that you're considering going to? I mean, South Bend, I hear there's a, a an interesting college there. I don't know if you heard of it. I think uh, Notre, Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one's a bit expensive. But, yeah. Uh, okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, no, I, I haven't really, I haven't really thought about uh where i would want to go um i just know what i what i want to study uh first uh obviously sports management isn't the only thing that i want to go to college for but um it's definitely the first thing that i want to go for so uh i just kind of want to see where where the olympics takes me and and where life after the olympics leads whether that's you know uh hanging out in the states or you know going abroad for a month or two i'm not really sure what my plans are yet but uh i definitely definitely know i'm going love it i love it hannah one more time really appreciate it hannah roberts usa cycling bmx freestyle olympic hopeful 2020 games really appreciate you hanging out today thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to another episode of our athletes this episode with hannah roberts of usa cycling as i said hannah was super cool very relaxed um really obviously she knows what she's doing when it comes to the sport so very very grateful i had the opportunity to talk to her you don't really get to talk, i don't have the opportunity i mean i've talked to a couple number one overalls in the world before um but every time it is it is just absolutely incredible so i'm very grateful for the opportunity uh, please make sure to follow hannah on all of her uh socials everything's in the show notes so is all of mine if you could please rate the show five stars on whatever podcast app you that you use i see that there's a lot of people on some ones that i've never heard of so i'm happy that you you found this um and if you can give me a star or five however the rating systems work uh, it would be sincerely appreciated because the more of those we get the more people will be able to listen to these shows especially like this one with hannah so thank you all so much and i hope you make it a wonderful day